What's up, Dashley fam? Welcome to Taking Sides, the Marriage Podcast with Dallin and Ashley of the Dashleys. We are on Hi. a high right now. We just filmed one podcast with one of my heroes in this world, Ralphie Jacobs from Taking Sides. From Taking Sides. From, from sides. Simply On Purpose. I wish. We should have her on this podcast. Yeah. So that's going to be on Big Little Life. Right now, we have all of your emails. We're just going to go through them, answer them with our heart. I'm really trying to answer these well for you guys. Dallin and I are just two normal people and we have our own struggles. So we're just going to tell you what we would hope that we would do in these situations. What we would hope that we would do. <laughs> and we'll also tell you what we have done, which was probably what we hoped we wouldn't do. Combined with some things we've learned in marriage therapy and books and all that good stuff. So without further ado, books. let's get started. <laughs> Combined <laughs> books. with books. Combined with books. Stuff from books. Hey everyone, you're listening to Taking Sides with the Dashleys, a show where couples send their funniest arguments or most divisive daily disagreements to us, the Dashleys. Everybody wants advice on their relationship issues, but it can be kind of risky to talk about them with your family and friends sometimes. Taking Sides is a new podcast where you can anonymously solicit feedback on your relationship issues directly from us. Dallin and Ashley, as well as from special guests from time to time. We'll give you our unqualified advice and our thoughts with the hope that it is somewhat insightful, maybe helpful, and definitely entertaining. So please send in your submissions to takingsideswiththedashleys at gmail.com and you will be in one of our next podcasts. Cool. Let's go. Let's go. Ash, anything been on your mind lately before we dive into some cues? I was listening to a mini course this morning. It's on Instagram for free. It's by Simply on Purpose, Ralphie, Ralphie Jacobs. And she's working with this girl named Carly Thornock, who I would also love to have on our podcast. Um, And they were talking about how everything needs to be mutual. And they were kind of talking in the respect of children which is a whole kind of new thought that feels foreign like love needs to be mutual respect like it's not just them giving you respect it's you also giving them as much respect as you're expecting from them um space time like cooperation everything needs to be mutual for the relationship to be positive and i think that can easily like so easily be applied to marriage or to a or to any like intimate relationship everything needs to be mutual what do you mean like you have to agree on everything no like i need to expect love from you and and give love to you and you need to expect it from me and give it to me and i need to expect like you need to be giving me as much respect as i'm giving to you and i need to be giving you as much kindness as you like it like we both need to be giving all the kindness to each other and receiving you know, like in the parent-child relationship, it's like, you need to respect me. Like you need, you can't say those words to me. You need to be kind to me. And the the flip side, the positive parenting kind of aspect of that is I need to be giving you respect. Like I need to be considerate of your weaknesses, of your time, of what makes of you happy. Of your age, of your current brain of development. Of your age, of your development, of your struggles, of like, I need to treat you as like a friend and you need to treat me like a friend. And so hopefully you see it that way with your spouse. Right. There's not like a disparagement in the scale of, of what is being expected and what is being given. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's really good. Um, not that you should like expect it, but maybe you should, but 
kind of not it for a healthy relationship it, it needs to be even not like you're not giving me enough like like quid pro quo no like if you just if you think of that parent that kind of more old-fashioned conservative parent-child relationship it's very much like well what about what about like with couples well i think it can it can be that same expectation and i think it, with a lot of couples there is also a disparagement you think like yeah like, traditionally like the man is like the well i, I think it, i honestly think it I think that's kind of like a cultural norm, but I think it really depends on the couple. Like I know, I know a lot of couples where it's kind of the woman expect expecting kindness and love and generosity and thoughtfulness and, and space given like made around her mm -hmm. issues and, sh and there's nothing given to the, to the husband. Or I know a lot of, I've known in my life where dynamics where it was the husband expecting that of the wife and like yeah. it's not healthy and no, i think in our marriage equal partners like i think it's tipped both ways and i think a good marriage is recognizes when it when it might be tipping one way when like a person might realize oh i'm not giving enough back like i'm expecting so much or and and i'm not considerate of of the struggle that my spouse has when i'm expecting him to be so considerate of mine that's good that's been on my mind cool I've, uh, having just talked with a parenting coach, Ralphie Jacob, she just talks about positive reinforcement mm -hmm. over and over. Instead of bringing attention to the negative behavior and saying, don't do that, you're doing this, don't do that, don't do that. She says, bring attention to the positive behavior. Thank you for doing that. Thank you so much for doing that. That helped me here. Or thank you for doing this. That you're like really contributing to our home. Thank you for doing this. Good job doing that. And letting the negative behavior die of extinction because they're feeling so good over here about the things they're doing right that they want to do more of that. She's like, by the way, that's not just child behavior. That's human behavior. That's human psychology. That works exactly for the same for adults. And it just made me think about like, am I giving you enough like positive acknowledgments and positive words, positive affirmations. Our marriage therapist says it should be five to one. And right. in fights, John Gottman says it should be 20 to one during a fight. I've never like spun it in. I've, I, I'm like so on board. I'm like so baptized into the parent, positive parenting world uh -huh. and I love it. And I'm like, oh, for sure. Like that's how it should be for children. But then when I think about us and when I think about the fights that we fall into almost on a daily basis. It's us re like going back and, and, and jumping back into the archaic way of parenting. No, like just pointing out the negatives, like bringing up old problems, bringing up old behaviors, bringing up old things that, that have been issues. And I don't know, like with kids, I think, I feel like we're so, we're so much more, you know, like fluid, like, Oh, you did that yesterday, but today can be a great day. Like that was yesterday. Don't worry about yesterday. Today's a new day. And I think with, well, I just think with us, I know with us, I know with me, it's like, well, you hurt, you hurt my feelings so badly, like X number of years ago or X number of days ago or, and I'm still not over that. And we need like, let's talk about it more and more. And every time we do, it's just a fight. I think we should just have a goal this week, not to talk about anything negative or in the past. That's good. If there's something pressing that you really need to bring up, like, please bring it up. Do but, I just wonder about myself, like being introspective, do I need to bring it up because I feel like I haven't healed or do I need to bring it up because I feel like it was this great injustice, quotation mark fingers that can never be redeemed, like this stupid thought. 
Uh, I guess that's for you to decide for yourself. I can't decide that for you. I'm not like purposely doing that, but being introspective, I'm wondering if that's what I'm doing. Like wondering if you feel bad enough yet about something that you've done. Oh, well, <laughs> I don't, I'm, I definitely I'm being feel bad vi- enough. <laughs> I'm being very introspective, like wondering after talking to her today, like wondering why, why do I still need to heal from that? Like it wasn't this crazy thing or why, why is that still something that hurts me so much? What would happen? Would it be more healing for me just to move on? Forgive? I don't think I, it's not like I haven't forgiven you. I just haven't moved on. And, and maybe it needs to be me who is not waiting for you to like convince me enough that that's over, but it needs to be me convincing myself that it's better to move on and to just forget. Um, I don't know. Yeah, this don't is know. me being, I haven't had these, I haven't had these thoughts before. Okay. Well, as long as you're not dismissing your feelings and being honest with yourself, cause we don't bury emotions here, but well, this is me talking about things and issues in our marriage like, that we've talked about so much and where my feelings are known and your feelings are known. And these are like things. And it's just weird. Like even yesterday we got into a fight about, about stuff that hasn't happened for so long. And I think there's, I also think there's a fear of, oh, are we back there again? Like when little phrases are said that you're not meaning it that way and I'm not meaning it that way, but it reminds us of what was said. Sorry, this is so vague, you guys. This is very cryptic. We can move on. (laughs) But this is good insight. Okay, Um, let's jump to some questions, shall we? Insights that before like this year, before kind of like getting introspective at at therapy, like we've never had yeah like thinking about the reasons behind feelings and patterns right now you're deciding if it's like just an injustice that you're trying to write or if it's really something you need to process further and like let me elaborate like if 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 an injustice i'm trying to write i think that thought like based on whatever narrative you have in your head i think that thought is nuts and i hope that's not the reason for my behavior i'm just saying is that the reason for my behavior like is that like i I think it's nuts and I think it's wrong. Kind of like the, would you rather be right or would you rather be happy type thing? Right. But maybe that is like the, you know, like shameful reasoning behind my actions that I'm not okay with. That I, And if that's the, what, like what, like deep down, like without even me knowing that's what's happening, that's kind of like what's driving this process. Like I want to know if that's real and I want to stop it if it is process that and get back to me <laughs> people are like what, what? <laughs> the people are like what the heck is going on between you two no just like i think every marriage has these like recurring fights and sensitive spots and yeah like like soft spots where it's like oh don't go there like don't go there no you should go there and process it and then uh forgive and 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 move on and grow because right. it's not a destination it's a journey Ashley asked our marriage therapist, like, I don't know if we can ever get back to the happiness or the, like the love the friendship friendship level that we were at when we first got married. Like we call these new responsibilities and kids and and scars and stuff like that with our marriage that have just come like over fights. time. Like we've had so many more fights. And he's like, just the fact that you're talking about it means that you're already back. It's not, it's, you'll or, never arrive, quote unquote. It's not a destination. It's a journey. And the fact that we're talking about these things out in the open like we would have never talked about there. those things when we were first married. Like yeah. it was very much like, oh, I don't want to start something because I just want to be so madly in love. 
Yeah, it weren't, want... it weren't that we, it wasn't that we were better friends. It just was that we were burying emotions we were, and feelings. We were just way more like super cordial. <laughs> we were just like, oh, sure, I'll put that off for something you want to do. Yeah, because I love la, you. La, 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 la. That's the honeymoon phase for you. Yeah, so now we're, I'd say we're better friends than ever because we are so more real than ever. Right. It's kind of like that show, it's about the imagination feelings, the emotions, inside out. In, yeah. Um, it was kind of like, like with children, with babies, there's just happiness or like happiness is kind of king. But as they grow, like sadness moves in, but that's how it should be. And I think like with a marriage, when you first get married, happiness is king. And it's like the only emotion that you're used to and the only emotion that you know how to exist with. Maybe that's what's going on. And, and like, as we're growing in our marriage and getting to like the six year mark, and I know some people out there are like married for like 30 years and they're like, okay, calm down babies. <laughs> but like, I, maybe we're just learning how to exist with these other emotions that are present in our relationship versus before, like we are always like, why? It was so good before. Like we never had these issues, but maybe it was because we like all we had, it was a very like two dimensional situation. Yeah. Very insightful, Ash. Maybe, maybe. I have the capability of being highly insightful. Yeah, especially after talking with Ralphie Jacobs. I know. I'm like, gosh, how can joy I... and sadness by the end of the movie are working hand in hand together, and they make each other bigger. That movie always ends because our kids love it. They call it the Tinkerbell movie. They think it's like the story of Tinkerbell's life because Joy looks like Tinkerbell. Uh -huh. It always ends though, and I don't think Dallin and I are evolved enough to really understand it because we're like, wait, why? Why is sadness necessary? And maybe one day before we die, we'll be like, I understand. Uh, I went and read like a bunch of articles and there are some really insightful articles about like what Inside Out taught us about the role of sadness and why sadness is so important. And I mean, if you're a Mormon, Second Nephi chapter two, <laughs> all about like agency and opposition and all things and the role of like, you don't know the good without the bad, right. you know? Kind of like, I mean emotions are present in everyone and you shouldn't try and hide them or bury them or throw them into the like lake of core memories like <laughs> joy does bong <laughs> yeah 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 so like there's sad, like sadness um for joy to for joy to exist and to exist. truly exist you need to experience and process sadness and and embrace it and you don't have to stay there but like and just I, I just guess... like the I was at a funeral once and I somebody said something really insightful. He said, um, it's good that we're so sad because that means we really knew him when he was alive and we really had some great times and had a lot of joy when he was alive. If we weren't sad, that would be the real sadness because we never really got to know such a great man. I think the like joy learns and I think everyone learns that just because there is sadness or memories of sadness doesn't inhibit your ability to for joy to exist. And yeah. I think maybe with our marriage being very insightful right now, we still kind of cling to that belief that if there is sadness or if there is like hard times or anger or greed, like all these emotions that live inside of Riley, uh -huh. that joy cannot exist. Disgust. All, yeah. There's five core emotions. Yeah. And I think we kind of get lost in this place where we're like, well, if we're feeling this and this and this, maybe we can never have joy. And uh -huh. like, like we just shut the door on joy before joy can even Joy is in, in the, the absence of sadness. Joy is, joy is. Right. What? Like I'm about to say something prophetic. Pro 
just like the presence of these emotions in our relationship doesn't put joy into extinction. Yeah. And I think Processing sometimes and going through it together is probably the true joy right there. Yeah. And I think for like two people like us who are kind of like learning how to not be ashamed of emotions outside of joy, it's hard to really believe that and like walk that path of it's okay that we have sadness in our marriage and it's okay that we have anger in our marriage and it's okay that sometimes people are selfish or greedy. Like joy can still exist and we can still and I think joy is have a, joy. Yeah. We can still have joy. Joy is existing in the moment and processing it and being there for the other person and saying like, we got this, we're doing this together. We're on a journey. It's not a destination. And I think, I don't know. I don't think you can only have joy because I think if you're like, we need to only be joyful, you start feeling like buried. Like yeah. Riley, it's like the movie. You guys need to watch that show with your kids. That we're going to go back and watch it now and we're going to be like, oh. I've never thought of it that way. Like a marriage being like as full of emotions as a person is. Like the relationship as its own thing. Yeah, like as its own like source. Entity. Spirit, soul. Interesting. Man, well, shoot, let's wrap up the podcast right there. No, let's... Just kidding. We have some good questions sent in from you guys. We're going to get into them right after a break from our sponsors. Thank you so much to our sponsors. Okay, this first one is called... It's a marriage counseling question. Okay, from Megan. Thank you, Megan, for sending this in. Let's see. First off, I want to say that I love you guys. I have seen every one of your videos and enjoy getting updates about your whole family. Wow. We've made like... How many videos now? There's more than 300. There there are hundreds out there. That's so cool. Okay, my husband and I were married back in July. We became engaged after eight months of dating in April 2019. We weren't planning on getting married until October of 2020. My grandmother became sick and was quickly coming to the end of her life. We decided to rush up our wedding, both happily, and eloped in her hospital room. Wow, that is so special. With only our immediate family in attendance. You know what? I feel like one... At least for Dallin and I, like we were engaged a very short time, but as soon as we were engaged, it felt like we were married. It yeah, because you're just like I mean, like our like, bank accounts weren't thing. pushed together at that point. But it was just like you buy it or I buy it. Like it doesn't matter. Like we're gonna yeah. be married or <laughs> like it feels like you're married the second you decide to be married. Yeah, it does. Okay, my question goes with this next part. My husband and I have a wonderful relationship, but we're still early on in our relationship. We have normal arguments and road bumps in our in our relationship that we both talk through and find a solution together. I am a firm believer in therapy, especially for couples, and I would love to go to couples therapy together, and I don't think my husband would mind it, but our issue is we can't afford it. What would you two recommend for a young couple that wants to grow and strengthen their relationship but can't necessarily afford couples therapy at this time in the relationship? Thank you so much. And I hope to hear back from you too. P.S. Take a trip to North Carolina so I can meet (laughs) y'all. Totally. This has kind of been on our hearts. And as we've been going to therapy, we've gotten so many emails from so many of you saying, I wish I could go, but I can't afford it. And then it's kind of like everything is lined up in talking to our therapist and getting to know him. He's kind of talked about like, oh, I I just got to tell you guys the backstory here. Like I prayed, uh, me and Ashley were really struggling for a bit. And uh, I prayed to like, I was like, Heavenly Father, please lead me to a good therapist in our area, like the right one for us. And I was just clicking through websites and I just felt good about this one, Craig. And so when I met with him and turns out he's been more than a great therapist. He also has interests in going into therapy, like, um, 
as his own practice rather than through like a, another business and doing like doing like a, it virtually his own podcast and making his own podcast and making courses and he wants to partner with us to make a course and so one answer to your question i would be is to listen to our course as soon as it's out it's in the process of being made right now and we're partnering with craig he's going to be like the expert Wait, thought did leader you say listen to our course that's already out that's going to be out soon oh okay yeah and so that's not out yet our goal is before this year is over and have this course made for you guys i would and, also but say, until then what i was gonna say email us like email us what you would want in the course like what would be helpful for you and your spouse please do and taking sides with of, the dashes at gmail.com please tell us like what you would want in a course like the, our idea is that it's going to be like the course that everybody wish like the course that we wish we had before we were married or type the, course, or like the course that I don't know, like we wish we've had, we just had our mind blown so many times. Like, why in the hell did I not know this? Like, yeah. Why like did I grow intimacy. up my whole life? And I am so bad at this. Like, how come I cannot connect with my husband? Like, why, why do I even struggle connecting with people? And like, and I think so many people are like, I have a really hard time making friends or I have a hard time connecting or I connect with people, but I have a hard time communicating. What does connect even mean? How do we like grow up? People as always say humans? have good communication. What does that even mean? And our like so many people will say it's so hard to communicate. And we went to therapy and it was finally someone he taught saying, us the formula. Yeah, it was finally someone saying, This is how you communicate. Like this is how you be a friend. This is how you validate someone. Like you literally have to say it this way and yeah. and like shut up right there and like this yeah. is how you listen. And don't say this. This is how you you show that you care. Like all these things that it's so funny. Like we as humans, like we grow up and these are still mysteries to us. Well, at least for us. I mean, I, I hope this doesn't sound like we're bashing our parents. Like, no, I think we both have great parents. I know so many people like I know, like I listen to so many podcasts. I think it's this more like a, what you glean from society and school and how you think friendships are made. And right. maybe you had a, a beautifully, emotionally are, intelligent are, and have had no, amazing. I don't know. I, I agree. But I feel like more people than not struggle with this. Well, I think so many people are naturally gifted at this. And then so many people might be like you and so or, might, many or might just figure it out on accident. Like might be like me where they struggle with these things, these like roadblocks to just really like connect with each other uh -huh. and to, I don't know, so not anyways, be in a mindset of if it's not going my way, like then I'm losing versus I want it to go our way. Like I want to, to concede some things and to have some things so that like we can be this unit moving forward together versus me tugging to go this way and him tugging to go that to way. To learn what it means to actually be a partner rather than two different people trying to live their own lives while appeasing the other person that you're stuck with. Yeah, and like Dallin and I mostly have it. And I think there's so many people out there who mostly have it. Like we're committed. We're not getting divorced. Like we're we're super committed, but like in that commitment, we feel like there's a lacking connection. And, uh -huh. and, and we, that is what we're learning at therapy. And so this course, we want it to be like, usually marriage therapy is between 100, 120, $150 per hour long session. Mm -hmm. And uh, so just if you can at all budget for that, it is such a good investment for the whole rest of your life. Right. We're not your saying the whole rest of your life. See it as a doctor's appointment. See it as a dentist's appointment. See it as your part of your groceries. Like it is so, so helpful. So if at all possible, invest. Don't see it as an expense. See it as an investment with humongous dividends. And secondly, um, gosh, 
we should really try to get betterhelp.com as a sponsor for this podcast because it, they're sponsoring Big Little Life podcast. They uh, We have a 10% discount for BetterHelp. It's an online, big, big online uh, website where you can find a therapist and just chat with them over the phone or FaceTime or uh-huh. Google Hangouts or anything. And um, I'll put the link in the show notes for that. I don't have it right off the bat. Or you can go listen to Big Little Life. Um, and they are on one of the episodes. Sorry, this isn't helpful. It's very we're big. also getting. Let me our put the notes in, in this podcast if help- you want to take advantage of that right now. But our therapist, Ashley, he also. I don't have all the information on this. We can share this in a, in one of our next podcasts after we talk to him. He is open to over the phone coaching. And we're helping him set up a website right now. And as soon as that's all set up, we can like, like he's going to be taking clients over the phone. Which is, and I think he already does. I don't, we can figure out his prices and we can put them out there and his contact information if anyone wants to. We just to need to whip up a website for him because seriously, like Craig. he's so good and it's been so insightful and helpful for us. And so like I'll, I'll pitch our own marriage therapist all day. As long as you guys don't take up so much of his time that we can't meet with him anymore. Okay. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So, um, it's uh, so so i guess the answer is see it as an investment if at all possible please invest in this because it has the biggest dividends of any investment you'll really ever make because marriage is a lifelong thing sometimes uh, depending on your religious beliefs an eternal thing second part of that we are thinking of you guys and we hear when you like are asking us these questions and we feel so blessed that we can make therapy a part of our life and there were times in our marriage where it was not an option like it, it just truly wasn't so and we totally get that we're making a course and we're helping our therapist set up a platform where he can take calls and i i don't know this but i think like calls are usually at a a less of a rate than yeah we'll have to figure out what he wants to charge because he's definitely worth his money and we'll give that to all of you and then thirdly as soon as this course is out we want it to be priced so you'll get so much for your money we want it to be the price of like less than two regular therapy sessions where you'll learn so much. Um, we'll also recommend books to you in the course. I'll recommend a few right now. The Self-Centered Marriage by Hal Runkle and Eight Dates by John Gottman. Yeah, Eight Dates has changed, Alan. Eight Dates, so good. It's just eight crucial conversations. I haven't even read it. I just know like he's read it and he, it's all he talks about. It's just and- eight conversations about the most common things that people fight about and divorce over. It's eight. Com- it guides you through these eight quote-unquote dates. Go on a date and have this specific conversation and it guides you through the whole thing, gives you suggestions for what to do on the specific date and gives you good principles to follow. Eight Dates by John Gottman. So, so good. Another thing, this is literally, and maybe it's just because Dallin and I have issues with this, or maybe this is what he tells everyone. But every time our therapist and us like leave part ways, he challenges us and we're still not doing it as regular as, as we should. But he says, before you leave a room like before you part ways if you and your spouse are together ever before you part ways ask them what their feelings are how are you feeling like what are you struggling with right now he says you should know about 95 percent about what they're feeling so like every morning before you leave your bedroom every night before you fall asleep have a ritual where he even does it he's engaged and he does it this with his fiance and and they call each other every night without fail and say Okay, tell me your top three feelings about your day. Tell me how you're feeling. Or just on the phone when he's like driving, he said he was talking to her once. He's like, tell me how you're feeling. And she's like, are you going to play therapist with me? And he's like, no, I just really want to know how. Maybe I am. I don't care. It's life skills. It's not just therapy. You know, it's not this little in a box type thing. It's, It's life skills. It's marriage skills. Tell me how you're feeling, you know. 
and just actually just let that be the conversation starter and talking about your feelings. Uh-huh. So do that. There you go, That's Megan. Literally um, all our therapists is tr- not literally, but like that is what Dylan and I have a really hard time being vulnerable with our emotions, even to each other. And it's ridiculous. And we don't know why we have these like huge roadblocks inside of ourselves. where I'm like, Oh, I don't want to bug him with my emotions. And on Dallin's side, it's more like, I think my emotions aren't valid. Like Dallin thinking that of himself. And that's, I think I don't want to bug people with my emotions more of myself. Like I don't want, I don't, they won't like me if they know I feel this way. Like I'll Mm -hmm. be considered like crazy or weird. Yeah. And that's what I think is going to be so valuable in our course is because it's going to be combined with solid teaching from a marriage certified marriage therapist combined with conversation, real conversations between him and us. We're going to be the real, we're going to be like the quote unquote couple of the, of the course. We will be the sacrificial lamb of this course. Having real conversations about these things and expressing our real issues and Craig giving us his real, real, like, like legitimate, um, professional advice. And so that's what is going to be the real value in the course that, and I think will be, make it different than any other course. I think so too. Is that instead of, it's just somebody spouting off everything that they know, which is good, but it's going to be combined with us having a real conversation about it and us being the real couple yeah, going through things. The hard, One of the scariest things about a therapist for me was like, it's like shopping for a friend to, <laughs> to tell them things you've never told anyone. Very, very like deep things. That like you probably you, never you told more than a few people. You just want to find someone who you like and who, and who is the personality of a person who you feel comfortable talking with. And just because he's going to start offering these like online coaching sessions or over the phone coaching sessions as he comes on our podcast and you guys can get to know him. And as we have this course, we'll all just have the same therapist together. I know, but like, (laughs) I think it's such, that was my biggest fear. Like, I don't know who this person is. Like, what if they're just like, what if I think there's so much power in like, kind of, it's like why Dallin and I would take couples out to ice cream before, if they inquired for us as wedding videographers, like we were just like, you know what? Like, let's not even talk about money. Like you guys just come like, and get ice cream with us. Get so to know us. So I'm going to be literally in the room with, with you and your best friends and your mom getting ready for the biggest day of your life. Like, <laughs> let's make sure you yeah. like me and I, I like you. I wish more therapists had like an online course that you could listen to and be like, oh, I really resonate with this person. I know. That's why Craig and like, I will, I will, I will like promote Craig all day because he is so, so good and he deserves all of the success and he deserves not to be tied to like a like an organization that he has to pay a big chunk of his earnings you know, down to. and are like, let us He's give like, you wings. Craig. Let's give you wings, Craig. Like we have like a community here that would like value you so much. Like we want to help him build his own business and not have to give any of it to like a, what, a, what would you call it? Like an organization that he's just a part of. He needs to be Craig Baker, LLC mm-hmm. co- corporation. Okay. Anyways, Megan, hopefully that was helpful. And um, good luck. Sounds like you're on a great path already. You and your husband sound like you're already building a strong foundation of communication. And that's awesome that you're both open to therapy already and so early on in your marriage. And that's great that you want to lay that foundation. All right, let's head to the next one, Ash. This one is called Boomer Communication. We got an email from a boomer, sounds like. Cool. We love boomers. Hey, Dallin Like a baby boomer? Is that what you mean? Yeah, it's kind of like millennial, boomer, you know, baby boomer. I think my mom is a baby boomer. Yeah, I think so too. I think she's on the like end of the baby boomers. Uh huh. I don't know if that's what she's getting at, but um, maybe it title, is. I don't, we'll have to read your email. Communication. 
boomer communication. Hey, Dallin and Ashley, I just started watching you guys a few months ago and I love watching your uplifting videos. You guys seem to really have a grasp on finding joy and purpose for your family. Well, thank you very much. I'm a 35 year old mom married with three kids. My husband's parents are here in town where we live to see the kids and us more frequently than my parents do. They're, her pa- So her in-laws are in town and they seem to, it seems like they are part of their lives more than her parents are. Okay. So maybe, okay, because so she's 35. I don't know if that's a boomer yet. Maybe it's, maybe it's this is going to be about her parents. Okay. Just a little background. My parents divorced several years ago. My mom recently married and moved away where her new husband and his two kids live. My dad lives in town, but our relationship has always been strained. He also remarried someone who works for a company he now works for. And they're quite busy with travel and work for her family. Okay, so my question is, or rather my problem is, that both of my parents reach out more over social media, almost like stalker frequently, (laughs) than on the actual phone. I did block my dad for a while in hopes that he would try to reach me by texting or calling, (laughs) but nothing changed. Also, my family has only gone over to my dad and his wife's house one time in an entire year. We only get invited on his birthday. This is very odd to me. And I don't know how to broach the topic without sounding needy or rude. Um, well, I would say, do you only have to go? Do you only get to go over when you're invited, or can you like? Do it you have the relationship? A, it might be a weird situation. Maybe, yeah. I mean, like, I just call my mom up and be like, "Hey, we want to come over," and she's like, "Sure." But so it may just be depend on the relationship. But don't feel like I don't know. I, okay, I guess by ready, default, maybe you shouldn't feel like you can only go out when you're invited. But maybe that's just your dynamic. Anyways, how do I tell my parents to call me or text me back? Uh, and back off the lazy social media communication. I tried texting them about every day, but they don't seem to be catching on to reciprocate. Usually I get articles via text from my dad about history or religion, and that's it. It sucks, too, because they don't seem to be making having a relationship with my kids much of a priority. How do I help communication to grow without having to do it all myself? Thanks, and thank you for all you guys do to brighten other people's lives. Much love anonymous um i can just say what's kind of like sticking out to me and this seems like a very like uh, complicated situation and i totally get complicated situations so but what's sticking out to me is um it seems like your parents are struggling to communicate but it also seems like they're showing interest and maybe they just don't know how to be vulnerable enough to call or connect or I don't know. Like, I'm not really a phone person. I have like major anxiety when people call me. I don't know where that comes from, but like, I'll like not answer and text them back. I have like four people in my life who I'm like, oh, I'll answer the phone or like, I'll even call them. Like, but most people I don't call because I'm like, I don't know if they want to hear from me. I don't know what I'm going to say. And if you kind of have like a relationship that's not as close as you want it to be, like a phone call can be a really intimate form of communication this is coming from like me, the person who struggles in social situations, even phone calls. Uh huh. It, But it seems like they are interested in you. And so maybe just meet them at their level. Like if, if, if social media is how they can communicate with you, if they're doing that in a positive way, maybe just do that. And maybe that's like, yeah, that's what they're most comfortable with. And I, she didn't say specifically how they're reaching out. Is it, it like they post on your Facebook page? Cause that's kind of weird. Cause everybody sees it. But if they're like messaging you, there's nothing or different than a text if like it's in liking like liking your pictures. They are liking them. And as far know. as your dad. Well, yeah, if it's just that, then I would want more communication. I know. No, totally more. But like meeting them but there. But if it's just like in WhatsApp or in, in, or Facebook Messenger, that's just as good as texting in my book. Yeah. I don't know if they're just like commenting on a picture. It's, it is like a, a kind of like backed off form of communication. Yeah. But maybe like meet them there and comment back or... 
I don't know, like I saw you liked my picture. Like next time, do you want to come with us when we go there? And I know they're really busy, but even just an invitation. Someone said to me the other day, oh, we were talking to Jenna's kitchen, Jenna Ramble on our podcast, uh-huh. Big Little Life. And she said, like, sometimes it's too much for her when like the power of saying no to things if you're too busy and maybe your parents are too busy, but she says, I still appreciate, you know, like being just letting them know the positive reinforcement. There we go. And she's she, giving and, him positive reinforcement, even though she's saying no. And like she said, just even though I have to say no to this, I really appreciate you reaching out or sending a funny text or just letting me know you're thinking of me. That means so much, even though I, I can't go right now. And maybe your parents aren't, in a, aren't like there where they can verbalize that, but maybe they're feeling that. Yeah. And if you reach out enough, maybe one day they'll reach back out to you and be like, she's invited us so many places. Like, let's invite her over because mm-hmm. because we love her. It sounds like your dad. I mean, like this all sounds like, you know, like kind of like connection that you're not really longing for. Like you want to like talk about him to be interested in you and to be interested in your kids. And it feels like he's not because all he's sending you are these like news articles, news articles and about history and religion, which is kind of like a wah, 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 <laughs> if you're not into that. Yeah. But essentially he's he's saying i thought of you and i'm i'm trying to connect in his own way and he is connecting like he's putting out a little finger or a hand and saying like what do you think of this like what do you think of and he loves this stuff it sounds like so maybe i know you want to connect with your kids and you want to connect on on like their interest in your family and maybe that's not there and that hurts like that's that really does hurt but maybe you can start with what he's giving you and, and read these articles and then call him and talk to him about me like, this was really interesting or text him and maybe figure out what he really likes, like really likes, like what is he, if he's really into the civil war, like find a civil war museum and be like, me and the kids are, are going to this. There you go. <laughs> Do you want to come with us? And, or like, you seem to know so much about this. Like we're having dinner tonight and, and like Tommy's learning this in fourth grade right now. Can you come and like, he has some questions for you about this for a report and answer them for him or like something like really try and create something. I like, I say these things, but like if I were in your position, I would just mostly feel hurt and sad. And And you should communicate that. that. You said, how do you broach the topic without sounding needy or rude? Like you will never sound needy or rude if you're just saying how you feel. Maybe you will through their interpretation, but that's just their own problem if they're putting that on you. Mm-hmm. You'll never be in trouble for sharing your own feelings. At least you shouldn't be in trouble. If you're like, Dad, I just want you to know, like, lately I've been feeling like I miss you. Or I feel sad that um, my kids don't, don't really know you, know as, you as, much well. as, as, as much as I, I wish they did. And that just makes me a little sad. And I just wanted, wanted to express that to you. And I, I, I know I can't control you, but I just know that I miss you and our family misses you. And we would be so glad to see or hear a little bit more from you. You could start and some... Leave it leave it at that you could start some traditions like maybe they're kind of funny about people at their house maybe they're very clean or they don't they have like lots of stuff that's not kid friendly and i don't even know like maybe it's like a house thing and and they don't like visitors you could just start some you could make your house be the gathering place and be like hey dad if dad and mom can't be together i don't know what their relationship is you could do separate things but you could be like hey dad like i really i want it's my goal this year to just make family a priority. And I, I want you to be a part of our family. I think that relationship with me and my kids is so amazing. And I, I, and I want them to know you and to know that they can go to you and that they have a grandpa who will hear them and will listen to them and will love them. I want to do dinner at my house once a month. Like what's a good day for you? Can you do that? Like I'll make everything. I'll do everything. I just want you guys to come over and, and, and we're having game night. If they're into games, like 
I don't even know what they're into, but like, or we're having a barbecue every night, every once a month, like, and we want to make this something that we do once a month. Last year flew by and we didn't see you guys hardly at all. And I just want to like put something on the calendar so we can all plan mm-hmm. on it and get together. There we go. Man, hopefully those are some good, um, good tips, good, some good like principles about sharing your feelings and, and not like really controlling or anything like that, just sharing how you feel and leaving it up to them and it's really hard though relationship that way like i've had friends i don't know i have this like bad habit of making not bad habit like i love my friends but i seem to make friends with people who don't need quality time as much as i need it like other things do it for them and i've been thinking about it a lot like why do i do this like why do i why why are the people i love the most people who like do not speak my love language <laughs> And I don't know how to get around it. I'm trying to like figure out how to like blossom those relationships or, or find more fulfilling ones somewhere else. I'm like trying to figure that out. So I, I feel like I'm kind of in the same boat as you. And I don't know, like, I don't know how to make someone value my love language who doesn't value it. Uh-huh. I don't know. It's just hard. Maybe you just reach out and you're like, Hey, I'm just express your feelings. And you can even be like, what hey, our therapist would like, say, let me know. Jenna said this the other day, like let when, like if, if she's reaching out to someone, like, let me know if, if this is becoming something that is just like a burden or annoying to you. Or like, I, I want to keep reaching out to you. And if this, if this at least helps you feel loved by me and helps you know that I still want to be your friend, like I'll keep reaching out forever because I value our relationship so much. But if you're like, and maybe you're just in a time in your life where there's not time for me. That sounds harsh, but like, let me know if you want me to stop reaching out and I will kind of like the let's get real or let's not play. Yeah. Like I'm telling this, my, I I reach out to you so much and I don't hear a lot back and I'm hearing this story in my head that you don't want me to reach out. This is the story I'm telling myself in my head, not projecting anything onto them. Just saying how you feel like I want to keep reaching out, but let me know if this is something you want me to stop. And they might be like, Oh my gosh, we're the worst. <laughs> we need to go over. Yeah, but you'll never like you. You shouldn't offend anybody just by saying how you feel. And as long as you're not attacking them, you're not projecting things onto them, just saying the story I'm telling myself in my head, the feelings I get when this happens to me. And not even saying when you do this to me. Like the next step is just saying when this happens to me in general. You know, yeah. like the third. And this is all person. very preachy. Like it becomes like when I'm like me saying this to someone in my family or Dallin's family who I don't have a, a great relationship with or who I want more from gives me like hives and anxiety, like to say that, to say to someone, gosh, I really wish you would come over more. Is there, is there a reason why you're not like, would you want to come over more? Like, do you value this relationship or like, what can I do to like grow? Cl- like, I don't even know. Like, I don't think I would ever say that. I would kind of go about it more roundabout way which is probably the wrong course to go by liking one of their facebook photos by liking their facebook photos and being like oh i saw you or went to a cake <laughs> class i love cake classes even though i like have never been there like let's yeah. do that together start with something little or just be like see what they're interested in being like oh my gosh i just read an article on that and i'm so interested in that like can can i go with you next time you do xyz yeah. and they'd probably be like sure like i'm gonna be there anyways <laughs> like hey dad i know you go to like motorcycle races all the time like Tommy wants a motorcycle when he next year for his birthday, but I don't know if I'm into that. Like, can I come with you to the next motorcycle race you go to? Sweet. Okay. That was a really good answer, Ash. Maybe like well don't done. expect him to act like the dad you've always wanted him to be or the mom you've always wanted her to be. Just try and be their friend because maybe they're not capable 
or ready or have their own internal reasons. Or maybe they have an, a different idea of what the dad you need is than the idea you have of what the dad you need is. Mm-hmm. So just try and like be their friend. Drop labels. This is why Dal and I got verbally divorced. <laughs> yeah, but maybe you need labels. to like become verbally emancipated from your parents before you like they're okay. Like they're not my parents anymore. They're just these two people who I want to have a relationship with. Like drop the expectation of you're like a terrible grandma. You're a terrible mother. Like step up your game woman and just be like, I, I just want to be your friend. What can I do to be a better friend to you? Again, this is what we preach. And not essentially what we practice, but it's what we want to practice. Says easy, does hard. Yeah. All right. Good luck. We love you guys. Well, Thanks I guess for listening we got to us. Verbally divorced. We did do that. We did. I don't know if I would recommend We're that to everyone. At this. But I think dropping labels and expectations like really helps. Like I just want to be your friend. Mm-hmm. And being your friend feels different than being your daughter. You know, like it it feels different. There's different expectations. You kind of see them where they are You're just rather like, than where you wish they were. Yeah. And like feeling like you got the short end of the stick in the relationship. It becomes everyone has their own stick. Boom. <laughs> write that down. Put everyone that on has their own stick. Put that on our wall in vinyl letters. Okay. Love you guys. Have a great rest of your day.